1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It was 7 a.m. I don't know whether it was the house alarm that woke me up or the gunfire. I had no idea what was going on what had happened until I, I heard my, uh, my mother screaming and then more shots, and they were, they were pretty, pretty rapid. I heard a real lot of dry firing. I knew that the gun was empty, and I went far enough to be able to see into the bathroom, and I saw my father laying on the floor with blood. I can still see my father every time I, I close my eyes
0: on emergency
2: yes this is admiral security i'm calling in because we have a dead person at 408 mariner
3: mr horowitz was a 66 year old gentleman who was found deceased in his home on september 30th of 2011.
2: did he shoot himself um that's what it sounds like to me okay so he committed suicide correct impossible never believed the suicide for 10 seconds everybody loved Laddie. My brother had a lot to live for. Nobody lived like Lanny. He lived like royalty.
3: There's only two people in the house, Radley and his mother, Donna. Donna and Lanny had been married, divorced, and remarried, and divorced again.
4: Well, I don't know who killed Lanny Horowitz, but I know it wasn't Donna. My father
1: did some really, really awful stuff to me and to my mother.
4: Rad did not like his father one bit. He hated him.
1: Absolutely hated him. He was an absolute, just evil bastard. Did you shoot Dad? No, absolutely not.
5: There were a lot of guns in the house. I've never seen that many guns in someone's house.
3: All three of them were gun aficionados, including
2: Donna. This family puts the fun in dysfunctional. Not only was he murdered, he was murdered with such indifference. He died like Caesar, surrounded by enemies.
3: It boils down to a motive as old as time, and that's love, hate, and obsession.
6: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive the hatchback that took you cross country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool for the cars you couldn't live
7: without trust amica auto insurance amica empathy is our best policy
8: man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that
6: still want to know exactly what happened that morning radley Horwitz was asleep at his parents jupiter florida home on september 30th 2011 when he woke up to a nightmare i jumped out of bed and heard I, i don't know how many shots disoriented and defenseless with the house alarm blaring radley stayed in his room not knowing if the shooter would make him the next target
1: I was basically pacing back and forth in my room like a trapped rat and I was afraid to go out that door there. You don't know who's been shot? You don't know who's got well, the gun I, in I could hear, I could hear my mom screaming my name.
6: When the shooting stopped, Radley rushed down the hall into his parents' bedroom. He looked into the master bathroom and saw his father. 66-year-old lanny
1: horowitz i was scared and i i ran out of there he looked like he was certainly beyond
6: uh, any help when you came out what was your mother's state was she sobbing was she panicked was she she what? was hysterical radley says he then left his mother donna so he could turn off that house alarm a security officer in this gated community rushed to the house
1: he was at the door in a
6: flash Security made that nine one one call. We had an
2: alarm go off over there, and our medic responded.
9: I received the call to respond to Admirals Cove for a death investigation, possible
6: suicide. Detective Eric Frank of the Jupiter Police Department responded and found three family members that lived at the home. There was Lanny's ex-wife
9: Donna. They actually were divorced, but they were still living together. Uh, there's
6: some. Bradley, live with them. Frank spoke to Luis Garcia, the Admiral's Cove security guard, who found Lanny with the gun in his hand and was one of the few to speak to Donna that morning.
2: I said, was anything going on the site? She said he said he was going to do this. And I said, what, kill himself? She said yes.
9: There was blood everywhere. It was very hard to determine what were gunshot wounds at that point once i stepped into the bathroom and looked back towards the shower door you can plainly see the bullet hole through through the glass and through the towel that was hanging over the door and that made me stop everyone where we were and say something's wrong here
6: it wasn't until the coroner moved lanny's body 10 hours later that it became clear this was no suicide lanny had been shot nine times based
9: on our investigation Lanny was shot while he was in the shower first and as he's getting out of the shower he was shot multiple additional times to where he fell and was basically executed on that floor.
6: Violent crimes are almost unheard of in this wealthy development called Admiral's Cove.
2: Admiral's Cove is a beautiful development. Lanny had a beautiful home on the water and there was a A prestigious place to live. Lanny's older brother, Barry.
6: They call me Captain Barry. And Captain Barry is never seen without his signature captain's hat. He says at one time, Lanny and Donna lived a life most people would envy. They had
2: homes all over the country. They were able to travel all over the world. He had sailboats. He had airplanes. Anything life could offer was there for them.
6: Your brother was a business whirlwind, wasn't he? I mean, incredibly gifted businessman.
2: Absolutely. I won't argue with that. Lanny was a millionaire at a very early age. At 16, he was a real estate salesman for my father who did commercial real estate. Within a short time, he became a real estate broker, and he took to it uh, like nothing I've ever seen.
6: The only thing Lanny seemed to make time for was his high school sweetheart, Donna. Donna was
2: a knockout. I think Lanny was obsessed. He loved her. He didn't want to date anybody else. And they were always together.
6: The lovebirds married in 1967. It was a great home life.
1: My parents were the greatest people in the world.
6: Donna was a stay-at-home mom, and Radley was their only child. But after 30 years of marriage, his parents' relationship became a soap opera. Your parents were first married in Buffalo in 1967. Correct. Yes. Divorced in May of 2001, remarried in September 2001, and then divorced again in June 2002. That sounds about right. It was a roller
1: coaster, yes. What led to the first divorce? My mother felt that she was being ignored and uh, wound up getting picked up by a, a fellow that worked there that was a security guard. My father was so incensed and disgusted
6: but after nine years of seeing each other sporadically the on-again off-again couple reconciled in 2011 as described in donna's day planner turn journal she called lanny by her pet name lanbo so happy lanbo and i are getting back together by april 2011 donna had moved back into the admiral's cove house with lanny and radley a single dad who worked for his father.
1: And uh, uh, my father's line was, you know, we're all going to be a family again. It did not work out that way. And my father's behavior towards her very, very much changed. He had never forgiven her for leaving him. That was very obvious. And uh, personality-wise, he could be uh, a difficult person to, uh, to get along
6: with. But Radley could never imagine his parents' relationship coming to such a violent end, he says, if it wasn't for this woman.
1: My parents had their ups and downs and their problems, but this never would have happened if it was not for Francine Tice.
0: What makes a life a good one?
10: Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole?
3: There's no question that this is a tragic, horrible, horrible case.
6: Assistant State Attorney Aletha McRoberts was at the crime scene that day, and Lanny's bullet-ridden body told her this was no ordinary homicide case.
3: It was clear that this was a statement that was being made by the shooter.
6: Radley Horowitz was described as stoic, while his mother Donna appeared visibly upset. Assistant State Attorney Lauren Godden.
11: At the scene, she shuts down, she does not talk to police, and she does not talk to anyone. She puts her fingers over her ears and, Mouse, I can't hear you.
5: There was no forced entry into the home. There was nothing.
6: CSI investigator Tracy McClendon began processing the crime scene, shooting video and pictures.
5: And This is the bathroom in which the incident took place and inside the shower, we have the bullet hole here.
6: As investigators look for clues, they discovered an arsenal of weapons.
5: This is a photograph of um, firearms that were found in the home.
6: From handguns to assault rifles, 26 in all, and thousands of rounds of ammunition in military-style ammo boxes. This is all in the same house? Correct. Most of them were registered to Lanny and his son, Radley, a former licensed gun dealer and enthusiast. Unusual, based on your
5: experience? Um, I've never seen that many guns in someone's house.
6: But it was these two revolvers that were found in the master bedroom area that were of immediate interest. One gun was Donna's, and the other was registered to Lanny.
9: There was the firearm that had been in his hand. It's a five-shot Smith & Wesson revolver. And there's another gun sitting right on top of the dresser.
6: Both of those guns were matched to projectiles in and around Lanny. Incredibly, even though Radley and his mother were obvious persons of interest, cops let them leave. We let them leave the scene because we
9: wanted to have that time to build that case as best we can.
6: In virtually every murder case I've ever been involved with, if you have a body in a house and you have two people and you believe that One of those two people is the killer. You take them to the police house, you separate them, and you question them. That was not done here.
3: You can't arrest somebody just for suspicion of murder. The initial focus is clearly it's just uh, Donna and Radley, but we didn't take that at face value alone.
6: Police spent days collecting evidence and going through the family's personal belongings. What are you learning? We're learning that this is a very dysfunctional house. One very telling item that was recovered was that journal Donna kept.
11: In the beginning of the journal, she talks about all the positive things.
6: He couldn't stop hugging me, Donna wrote, and telling me how much he misses me. He can't
11: be she was spending time with her granddaughter.
7: To the library.
11: Um, Radley has a daughter. Her name is Gianna. It's a situation where she is very hopeful.
6: She was excited when Lanny asked her to move back in with him. Lanny loves me, and I love him, and I want to help him. Even though it seemed to come with a catch to loan him $200,000, his once lavish lifestyle had been left in shreds after their divorces, the recession, and bad business dealings. Very special day when Lanny asked about $200,000 to keep both houses afloat and move back in and reconcile. Great day. But just five months later,
3: we see from the entries her mental state was becoming more and more fragile.
6: My heart is broken, and he is working on my mind, playing games with me. It was during that time that Donna became obsessed with Francine Tice. Francine Tice lived down the street from uh, from our house. Lanny told his family that he and Francine were business partners.
11: Before Mila,
6: selling a health food product for a company called LifeMax. Did they have a business relationship, a personal
1: relationship? They claimed that it was uh, that it was business, but I saw that it was more than that. How did you know this was more than a business relationship? Oh, I mean, I I saw it. I saw it pictures. They were always out together.
6: Even Lanny's family noticed a change in him after meeting Francine. They were holding hands, you know, kid stuff.
2: It's the first time I saw Lanny happy in 40 years.
6: Francine spoke at length to 48 Hours about Lanny, but would not do an on-camera interview. She vehemently denies having ever had a sexual relationship with him. But Donna pictured something else and began documenting Francine's comings and goings. Fran texted Lanbo at midnight, woke us up. Lanny left at 1.15 to go on an errand with Fran, didn't return until 4.15 p.m.
3: It was a daily um, contact with Francine and Lanny via in-person and in text and in phone calls.
6: Now, Francine Tice has said that there was not a physical relationship between her and Lanny, that this was a business Partnership.
3: What was important for our purposes was that Donna believed that they were intimate.
6: Lanbo home, 7:30 p.m. Trying to act like he isn't with Fran all the time.
3: I think she's heartbroken and angry, and probably angry with herself for being so foolish.
6: Foolish, Radley now says, for believing Lanny still loved her and giving him that $200,000. It uh, it became obvious to my mother that, you know, that she had been duped. By September 2011, it was clear their on-again, off-again relationship was over because, Radley believes, of Francine.
1: She is the most phony, vicious, backstabbing, vile, quintessential Disney villain monster
6: that I think I've, I've ever encountered. McRoberts says Lanny told Donna he wanted her out of the house before he came back from a business trip, one he was taking with Francine.
3: This is a woman who has reached the end of her rope. This was Donna who was not about to let him go on that trip with Francine.
6: Police believed they now had their killer. Just six days after Lanny was brutally shot nine times, Donna was arrested for his murder.
4: Donna is a very meek, timid, soft-spoken individual.
6: Gray Tesh is Donna's attorney. Who had the motive, who had the opportunity, who may have had the grudge to commit this murder?
4: Both Donna and Radley. But see, here's, here's the difference, though. Donna left him twice before. You know, why, why now? Most of my life,
1: my father was, was a good person. But towards the end, he was an absolute, just evil bastard.
6: It's just that attitude that makes Tesh say cops got it all wrong and that Radley is the real killer. So all the motivation that is raised by uh, investigators in this case for Donna wanting to shoot her husband, you're telling me Radley had that in spades. He had more motivation
4: to off his father.
1: My life, up until everything exploded, was uh, was great.
6: In less than one week, Radley had lost both his parents, his father murdered, his mother in jail, accused of killing him. Did you ask your mother what happened?
1: No, never. What do you say other than, I mean, I wanted to know what happened, but I was afraid to, to ask.
6: Donna's attorney,
4: Gray Tesh, says there are a lot of holes in the case. If she was the shooter, she would have blood all over her body, everywhere. The shooter, I think, was someone taller than Donna because of the angle. If you look at the autopsy report, if you look at the angle, they consistently say that they go downwards. Tesh starts building a
6: shocking defense, pointing the finger directly at Donna's own son, Radley Horwitz. For some people, this is the ultimate betrayal. A mother, through you, accusing her own son of a murder to save her own skin.
4: That's what the
6: evidence showed.
4: Why do you believe Radley killed his father? He had half a million reasons to kill him.
6: Radley alone stood to inherit $500,000 in life insurance money two homes, and Lanny's other prized assets. Donna, as Lanny's ex-wife, wouldn't have received a penny. So today, are you a multimillionaire as a result of all this? No, no.
1: He left me two houses that were pretty much upside down and some very nice cars, most of which I got rid of.
6: But I kept the Aston Martin. But back in 2011, when his father was murdered, Radley's finances were a mess, That's why he was living with his parents.
1: You were struggling, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, get a job as a convicted felon.
6: That's right. This son of a one-time millionaire served time in prison. Before his arrest, Radley was a licensed gun dealer in a business his father helped him set up, Jupiter Arms.
1: It was my passion. I took to it like a fish to water. I was just absolutely lethal but disciplined and responsible.
6: Years earlier, Radley says, at his father's urging, he bought an illegal gun part online for his personal collection, which could convert a Glock pistol into a fully automatic weapon. My father said his exact words were, just order it. That attracted the attention of federal law enforcement. And Radley says his father took great delight in his misfortune. He
1: got a real kick out of the fact that those ATF guys were there and loved, you know, saying I told you so and stuff
6: like that. Then, in 2006, Radley was arrested by the ATF after selling a handgun to a felon. That's serious, right?
1: Oh, hell yes. I wound up with five months in federal prison. Do you blame your father for the
6: fact that you ended up in prison? Ultimately, yes. Is there enough resentment for you to shoot him? No, that's... You know, what the hell does that solve? What better way, it's alleged, to get your financial house in order than to off your father, who'd been tormenting your mother? And it wasn't always very nice to me either. Radley said his father was never physically abusive, but that years of verbal taunting was in some ways far worse.
1: My dad... You know, it could be extremely nasty. The psychological uh, death of a thousand cuts uh, never, never lets up. Just a uh, snide, sarcastic, uh, aloof.
6: Still, as prosecutors compile their case, they feel strongly that all the signs point to Radley's mother.
3: Is this shooting 10 times? Is this a son that's angry? Or is this an angry wife that is, has snapped?
6: Donna was so angry, investigators believe, she used the last of the 10 bullets to make a brutal statement by shooting Lanny in the mouth. Why shoot him in the mouth?
3: I think she was tired of his mouth. I think she was tired of him being cruel and biting and condescending.
6: Things are not good here, she confided in her journal. His comments are insulting. A week after the murder... Radley goes to the police station with his attorney to give a full statement. She
1: was saying, he was so awful, he was so awful. He said, she said that twice.
6: Donna says to Radley, he was so awful. Are those words a confession to you?
11: Absolutely. Her immediate response, her gut reaction when she sees someone is to start justifying what she did.
4: The quote, too, by the way, he was so awful, right? Right. Police never heard that. He doesn't say that on scene. He says that a week later after he lawyers up.
6: Tesh believes that Radley made up both that quote and the story about the dry fires.
9: You're hearing, as you call it, the dry fire?
1: Click, click, click. Yeah, I mean, when I heard the clicking in my mind, at least, I
9: knew that
4: I was safe. Well, he's full of crap. Tell me, how can you hear dry fires, when you got a DEFCON alarm going off. And by the way, his bedroom's on one side of the house. The master bedroom's on completely on the other side of the house. But
6: unlike Donna, Detective Frank says Radley cooperated fully on scene.
9: He gives us a DNA standard. He allows my CSI to conduct a gunshot residue test on him. What was the result of that test? And it did come back as negative for gunshot residue.
6: Donna wasn't given a gunshot residue test after she asked to speak with an attorney. She didn't want to answer any of your questions? Nothing. Tesh says police botched the investigation by never collecting and examining Donna's pajamas or
4: Radley's clothes the morning of the murder. Nobody says she had blood on her pajamas. The police were right next to her. They're right next to her. They would have noticed that.
6: And, Tesh says, the state has little to
4: support their claim that Donna was the shooter. They ain't got squat. Here's what they got. They got no fingerprints on either one of the weapons, right? Or the shell casings, no DNA specifically linking her. Nothing, Not a zip. This is a circumstantial
6: case. It is. You have a journal in which she complains about her husband But she never in the journal says, I'm gonna kill him. Correct.
11: It isn't just the journal, it's how the journal explains the crime scene, why it would have been done in such a cruel and hateful manner.
6: As the case goes to trial, prosecutors insist they have the right person.
3: There's absolutely no question that Donna Horwitz shot and murdered her husband, Lanny.
6: But the defense says Radley's own words speak volumes about his motive. This sounds awful, but I am glad that he
1: was up and alive long enough to know that what comes around goes around, and that uh, this was the payback for everything that he had done to not only my mother, but to to me.
6: Almost a year and a half after Lanny Horwitz was murdered, prosecutors are ready to present their case in court.
3: I think the essence of the case from the very beginning was this was about a woman scorned.
6: And the accused scorned woman looked nearly unrecognizable to Lanny's sisters, Marsha Van Krevel, and Sheila Goldberg.
9: She looked like
3: a witch. She had this beautiful, gorgeous black hair gorgeous eyelashes. And here's this little skinny thing with this gray hair and glasses.
6: Attorney Gray-Tesh has settled on what could be called the ultimate betrayal defense, accusing Donna's son to save her own skin. He's a spoiled
4: child who thinks he's entitled to everything. He's got to fund his lifestyle somehow. And God knows he ain't working for it.
6: It's shocking to people that your mother would agree to a defense that accuses her own son. I
1: don't know if it was so much agreeing to a defense as it was a case of uh, him saying, hey, this is your only shot. I'm going to show
3: you um, what's been marked for identification of state's exhibits one and two. Do you recognize those
1: guns? Mick Roberts brought the guns up to me, or at least one of them in court, and showed it to me, and there was just, there was uh blood all over it
6: and tesh believes there is evidence that some of that blood ended up in radley's own sink
5: this right here um this is when i did the luminol testing
6: csi officer tracy mcclendon analyzed every sink in the horwitz house
5: this is radley's bathroom um, He was very clean you can see the entire sink is full the faucet is covered Everything is covered and glowing.
6: Could this not be blood?
5: The glow was really, really bright and it faded quick, which tells me that it's more of a cleaning solution than blood. Blood will glow a little lighter and it will last a little longer.
6: McClendon testified that all the sinks in the house had a similar reaction, which may poke a hole in Tesh's theory.
5: We do it to show blood, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is blood.
4: Could be bleach, right, or household products or things like that? Yes. Right. It's possible. Yes. It's also possible that it's blood, though, right?
5: Yes.
6: But Tesh claims it's proof that Radley, a known neat freak, washed his father's blood off his hands.
4: You clean yourself. I mean, you're obsessive about cleaning. I will bet you that you even have $100 says you've got a bottle in your pocket right now. Guilty of oh, guilty of having Purell. Right. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> no wanna get you too excited, sorry.
6: Give me a sense of what you need to convey to
4: this jury. Somebody else
6: did it. That somebody else, Tesh claims, may include a hitman hired by Radley. Tesh says this smear of Lanny Horwitz's blood on a gate at its home contains DNA from an unidentified person.
4: Someone else's DNA is on that bloody smudge on the gate. Someone else was involved with this. It wasn't Donna, it wasn't Radley, it wasn't any of the security guards.
3: Is that the gate that everyone has to come in and out of to go
4: through the front door? Yes, it is. The state says the mystery DNA
6: is meaningless. The smudge on the post has Lanny's blood on it and the DNA of someone else who did not match anyone in that house. Isn't that Your killer.
3: No, when they swab the gate to get the blood off of it, it picks up the underlying DNA of anyone that ever touched that gate since the last time it was ever cleaned, which could be countless numbers of people.
6: And to prove that no intruder was responsible, prosecutors point to the alarm system in the house.
3: The very first alarm was in fact the glass shatter alarm from the sound of the gun being fired in the bathroom which meant and corroborated that no other person had come into the home prior to the first shot being fired
6: tesh tries to back up his new theory by introducing hitman a technical manual for independent contractors
4: you bought the hitman book at a gun show yes yes that is correct and the essence of this hitman book is it teaches you How to kill somebody and get away
1: with it, yes? Uh, As opposed to killing somebody and getting caught, yes.
4: McRoberts
6: says the hitman theory is bogus because Lanny Horwitz was killed with his own gun.
3: What hitman would go to do a hit and hope to God that people had a gun that they could find to, to complete the killing?
6: Your hitman theory, the problem I see with that is that Donna's in the house. She would have seen
4: this hitman, wouldn't she? If you're in your house and you hear shots, do you just go out and run out to see what's going on, especially if you don't have a gun on you? Or do you stay somewhere safe?
1: He portrays me as a complete screw-up, a nitwit, and uh, unemployed, so where am I gonna come up with the money to hire some hitman?
6: There's someone in this case who can answer so many questions about what happened that morning, the morning of September 30th, and that's Donna herself. Everyone wonders if Donna will finally break her silence.
7: Uh, Ms. Horowitz, no. The decision to testify or not to testify is your call. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
10: On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure
5: I woke up to shooting and
6: screaming. In this Shakespearean drama, where an alleged murderous mother has accused her own son of killing his own father. I didn't, you know, I didn't do this. Long hours of questioning takes its toll. I, I just don't want to get through this, but I'm just, you know, just hang a little burned Hold out. Prosecutor Aletha McRoberts knew she had to save her star witness's reputation.
3: On the morning of the homicide of your father, did you ever go to any bathroom, any faucet, anywhere in that house and clean, clean yourself off?
1: Absolutely not.
3: Mr. Horowitz, finally, did you hire anyone to kill your father? Absolutely not. And did you yourself kill your dad?
1: Absolutely not. There were only three of us in that house, and only two
6: walked out alive, so who else is he going to blame?
7: All right, so everybody has a seat.
6: When it came time for Donna to take the stand and openly accuse her son of murder, she declined.
7: Uh, Ms. Horowitz, it is your decision right now that you do not want to testify in this matter. Am I correct? That is correct. All right. Has anybody forced you to, to make that decision? No, sir. It is completely your call. Is that
11: correct? That is correct.
6: Radley wasn't in the courtroom to hear his mother speak. So I, you know, did my day of of testimony
1: and I left. Why the hell would I want to be around those people?
6: The woman Radley blames for pushing his mother over the edge, Francine Tice, was never called to testify. She made her first appearance in court to hear closing arguments.
3: Bam, 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 bam. Ten times on a naked man when he's in the shower. The last one in the mouth is the shot shot. Of an angry, angry woman. Love, hate, and obsession can bring a person to kill, and it can bring a person to frame their own son. Thank you.
4: This is a case about jumping to conclusions.
6: Great Tesh hammers back. There's no
4: fingerprints, there's no DNA matching her. A third party. We know beyond every doubt left his DNA, and that bloody
6: smudge on the gate, not only is she not guilty, she's actually innocent. And with that, the jury goes out to deliberate. But not for long. In less than two hours...
7: Jurors, I understand you reached a verdict. Is that correct? Yes.
4: I'm thinking I won the case.
8: We find the defendant guilty of first-degree murder with a...
4: Shock. Disappointment. I put my hand on her to try to console her, but, you know, what do you say? I think our lawyer was a schmuck. Though betrayed
6: by his own mother, Radley doesn't want her behind bars. You were hoping for not guilty? Yes. But if they said not guilty, then your name is mud in this community because they've convinced your fellow citizens that you're the killer. Yeah, but my mom would
1: have been out and free.
6: Sentencing was immediate and unforgiving. Defense, I have no discretion in the matter. So I adjudicate her guilty. I impose a life sentence. Life in prison with no chance for parole. It's such a
3: huge, immense feeling of relief and to have the family there to be able to see justice for the murder of their beloved brother.
11: You couldn't have done it without you, and couldn't have done
0: it without you. My brother was very special.
6: Almost two years after the murder, on what would have been Lanny's 68th birthday, his family and friends take to the sea to pay tribute.
8: I miss his true and honest friendship.
6: And Francine Tice spoke about the man she knew.
8: Today, in
3: celebration of my friend Lanny's life on Earth, let us all never forget this most amazing and incredible human being who was always there for all of us, no matter what. Lanny, you will never be forgotten and you will always be missed forever. My dear friend, may you now please rest in peace.
4: And
6: And together with Marsha, they set Lanny's ashes free in the Florida waters.
1: I've still got uh, some pretty mixed feelings. I mean, there's not a day that I don't think of, of my mother and where she is right now.
6: Though betrayed by his mother, Radley forgives her. He has visited Donna in prison many times. Has your mother ever just looked you in the eye and said, I am so
1: sorry? Just that she loves me very much, and she's so sorry for everything.
6: Donna now wishes the best for her son. I
1: love you, and I am very proud of you, and I pray daily that you will stay strong, healthy, and happy. Love always and forever, Mom. She was great, she was always there for me. She was a huge, huge part of of my daughter's life.
6: See any lizards, anything good? No. Jealousy, murder, betrayal. A once picture-perfect family destroyed.
1: You know, he uh, died with his eyes open, and I mean, my father did some really, really awful stuff to me and to my mother but uh, still seeing that just uh, just shook me up, you know. Nobody deserved to, uh, to die the way that he did.
6: Four years after being found guilty of killing her ex-husband, Lanny, a very different looking Donna Horwitz returned this past spring to a West Palm Beach courtroom. She had won the right to have a new trial after an appellate court overturned her conviction and life sentence. The court ruled that Donna's right to remain silent had been violated during closing arguments when prosecutor Alethea McRoberts told the jury that Donna had refused to speak to police at the crime scene.
3: All the officers, they thought this was a suicide call. They're over there trying to console Donna and she says nothing. There is no right to remain silent at that time. You can take that as evidence of consciousness of guilt.
6: The Supreme Court of Florida agreed the jury should never have heard this, and so Donna got a new trial. There was no change in the prosecution's case against a now 70-year-old Donna Horwitz. Once again, McRoberts relied heavily on those journal entries.
3: Landy said if he knew how Fran felt about him, he may not have gotten back with me.
6: McRoberts again argued that Donna had murdered her ex-husband Lanny out of anger and jealousy over his alleged relationship with former business associate Francine Tice, who testified about her relationship at this trial. Francine listened from the stand, smiling awkwardly as a voice message she left on Lanny's phone was played in open court. want
7: to meet for a drink, or want to
0: call for a Take care. Bye. Yeah, it was the drink referred to cookie. That was
4: the drink. Want to come over cookie cooking? The
0: drink. She didn't say drink or
8: cookie. Uh, whatever I said, that's what it meant. Don't put words into my mouth, please. Okay,
6: okay. Up. Stop. But Francine continues to deny that their relationship was romantic.
0: Man is divorced eleven years. Why would I say come over a cookie of what?
6: But the defense tried to mark Francine as a new suspect suggesting she had a financial motive. Both Francine and Radley were beneficiaries of Lanny's life insurance policy. Now,
3: the $200,000 that Lanny left you, you didn't know until after he died, did you? Absolutely did
8: not know.
6: And the defense attorney gets Francine to admit she had a permit for a concealed weapon. And knew how to use a gun.
9: Getting weapons would require you to get training
6: in how to fire a Yes. But would any of this matter to the jury? In closing, McRoberts reference the day of Lanny's murder in September of 2011.
2: Donna Horowitz on September 30th
3: had had enough. It was over and she now knew it.
6: After a four day trial and an initial deadlock, the jury reached a verdict.
11: We find the defendant guilty of second-degree murder, a lesser-included
6: crime. This time, Donna was convicted of second, not first-degree murder. Please rise, come to order, court's back in session. At her sentencing just last week, Prosecutor McRoberts asked for the maximum sentence, life.
3: She's accepted zero responsibility, zero remorse.
6: While Donna's defense team gave an argument for leniency. We have to look at, I think, the whole person. What we look at here is kind of a history of Donna Horowitz being a great mother, a great daughter, a great grandmother. The judge agreed that Donna didn't fit the profile of a typical killer.
3: She is an older woman who, by all accounts, has been sweet and loving throughout her life. I don't know what snapped in you that day. I really don't.
6: But that didn't save her from a stiff sentence.
3: I hereby sentence you to 32 years in the Department of Corrections. 32
6: years with six years time served. At her age, virtually a life sentence. Donna could get out after serving 25 years, but she would be in her 90s. Radley now lives outside of the US, but came back to see his mother sentenced yet again.
1: I still can't help but feel a little bad for my mom. No matter what happens in life, just bite your tongue and hold your temper because it, it doesn't take much to, uh, to push some people over the edge.
6: The Hargan women seem to have it all.
5: From the outside looking in, we we're,
8: were
3: blessed. My mom
9: A new Paramount Plus original docu-series. We were dealing with a serial killer preying
6: on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He suffocating people with pillows.
7: Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen?
3: I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They
7: covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.